This is the Walleye's Eye to Eye. Hello, I'm Matt Prokopchuk, and welcome to Eye to Eye. It's our monthly feature here at The Walleye, where we go one-on-one and behind the headlines with influencers and newsmakers in the local Thunder Bay scene to get to know them a little bit better. For this episode, and produced for our April 2023 issue, I spoke with Nancy Freeborn. Freeborn remains a staple of the Thunder Bay music scene, whether on stage with the Thunder Bay Symphony Orchestra, fronting a number of projects, including Morning Light, or charming audiences with performances in musical theatre, Freeborn's powerful vocals and charisma are always front and centre. The Walleye spoke with Freeborn about her most memorable gig, what she enjoys doing away from the stage, her most treasured possession, and more. Just one quick note, unfortunately I ran into some technical issues while recording this interview, meaning the overall audio quality is less than in previous episodes. However, Nancy's charm, charisma, and sense of humour still shine through. Now we go eye to eye with Nancy Freeborn. Let's start by asking, uh, just looking at your Facebook page, your Morning Lights Facebook page, I mean, um, the band saying that it has new things in the works for 2023. What can you tell us about that? Yeah, so uh, the, the current members, two of the current members, so Paula DiGiuseppe, that's the other vocalist in the band, and then there's Harley Curley, and he's the drummer. Um, so they're moving on to do their own band. So they're actually doing Mother of Wolves, uh, which are, they're playing the, uh, quite a lot around town actually they've already become really successful of course because they're awesome um so they're going to do their own thing so we were looking to um you know replace them i guess so i need another singer i need a drummer um so jen and bernie wolski so uh, jen was the bass player for the angies so i did a band that was a rolling stones tribute band and it was all women in the band so jen was the bass player and her husband is bernie he's just an incredible drummer um I sing for a Tool tribute band as well, and he's the drummer for that. Um, so, and yeah, they're they're a married couple, which I think I mentioned. So yeah, they uh, they're gonna be like the new Paula and Harley <laughs> band because <laughs> uh, Jen is a great singer and she can do harmonies and she's just awesome on stage. And I mean, Bernie can play just anything. So uh, yeah, so we're really excited about that. We're excited for Paula and Harley to be doing uh, Mother Wolves and and yeah, to get some fresh members in the band is really exciting. Any sort of sense on when you plan on taking the new lineup out uh, out on stage? So right now, one of the main things um, is that we want to shift to starting to do more of our original music. Morning Light was always sort of a mostly a cover band. You know, we play the Foundry, play Black Pirates, play, play all the music everybody knows kind of thing. Um, but uh, yeah, we decided to shift to start doing more original music. So. Um, it's going to take some time because it's not so much just, uh, you know, here's a playlist of songs we do, listen to this, and then let's get together and jam. Like, we'll have to, they'll, they'll have to come up with parts for the song and actually write the music for it, right? So that'll take a little bit longer. So it's hard to say when we'll be sort of back out there playing all the time. But um, we're going to be doing Rock the Dock. Um, it's out at Amberlight Resort. And uh, we will do some cover songs, so we're going to get together for that and just start, you know, feeling each other out, working together, making some music, and uh, start working on originals from there. So, Looking at uh, last year, you did the Born For This performance with the TBSO. I guess, firstly, just tell me a bit about that experience in general. Yeah, so I, I, I started with the, the Symphony Orchestra just as sort of a, 
a feature. So they would have a show and they would have, you know, two or three singers come up and do a few songs. I started there and that was just, I mean, absolutely incredible. Um, and then from there, they gave me my own little show. It, it was supposed to, it was always supposed to be at the community auditorium with the full orchestra. But then when COVID happened, things were kind of backed up in terms of contracts that they had with like bigger artists, right? So I, they couldn't put me at the auditorium. Um, so, you know, and it's funny because even the conversations, it's just hard to believe I'm even a part of them, right? Like they'll say, oh, you know, we have a contract to fulfill with Stephen Page, so we have to do that. I'm like, oh, tell Stephen I said it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> like, how, how is this even my life, right? Like, oh, sorry, we had to bump you for Stephen Page. Like, oh, yeah, I, that's okay. Really? Like, <laughs> I'm fine. Um, so we did sort of, um, uh, we did two nights uh, at the Da Vinci. So it, it, and it was still with the whole orchestra. Um, but I got to do that, and I thought, you know, it was, it was kind of a bummer I didn't get to do the auditorium, but still, that was just, like, you know, completely amazing. Um, so then when the new season came up, the director called me, and she said, we still want you. We still want you to do the, the auditorium and do a whole show. And uh, she said, this time, you don't have to choose from the TBSO's repertoire. You can choose whatever songs you want, and the conductor is going to write charts for the entire orchestra to play these songs. <laughs> Wow. So, yeah, so I got, you know, I got the orchestra playing Blind Melon and you know, all that <laughs> stuff. It was just wild, yeah, so. <laughs> For yourself and uh, given the various outfits that you've been in, you know, you if if I may, very rock, rock and roll oriented, um, having an orchestra backing you, what was that like in terms of your role as a performer? Yeah, so I, I kind of do all styles, a lot of musical theater as well. Um, and uh, even with Morning Light, like we do a lot of uh, Motown and, and, you know, stuff like that. So I, that's kind of my my thing is just doing all, all styles. So, I mean, with that show, like I did some songs from Broadway musicals. I did Barbara Streisand's <laughs> theme songs from like 007 movies. And we did, you know, some Loverboy, like we did some rock and roll and stuff too. Um, they can play... I mean, they can play anything. I've done Led Zeppelin with the orchestra. They have Black Sabbath in their in their list of like repertoire. They they play everything. Like it, it's it's funny, you know, because people think they think orchestra, they think cl- like classical music, really. Um, but they're just a big band. <laughs> yeah, they're just you know, they'll just play anything. Like you put sheet music in front of them, they'll rock right out. It's it's amazing. So for yourself, obviously you're known as a musician here in town, a singer, um, been at it for years. Where did the musical bug for you come from? I don't really know. I, I, I mean, when I was a little kid, I remember like, you know, my mom would be cooking in the kitchen and I would sing sort of at her, <laughs> down there singing at her. And then, um, you know, we would do little plays and musicals and stuff at school. Um, and I would you know I'd be in all of them and I'd know everybody else's words and I I don't know I just always was drawn to music there wasn't really like a big like musical presence in my family my brother was a musician as well um but yeah other than that it's not like you know my mom was a music lover she had a beautiful stereo in the living room and would always wake us up playing Elton John and and share and this kind of thing so I guess it's just you know in my family was more of a like a love of music really Right, so it was kind of, it was around you right from the beginning, and yeah. at some point you decided to pursue it further, I guess. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Any memorable gigs that really stand out to you from, from over the years? 
Um, well, when when I was with the band The Angies, which I mentioned is uh, yeah Rolling Stones cover band with all women, uh, we we decided to get that band together, and uh, we went and played this like blues competition in town, right? And if you win, you go to Memphis and you perform you know you you get to be part of this bigger competition so we went and performed it was like i think our first gig <laughs> we went and wow. won this competition in town we were like oops oh okay i guess we're going to memphis school i guess i guess this is a thing uh so it was really exciting and um so yeah so we got to travel to memphis and we played at the hard rock cafe um right right underneath one of elvis's costumes like it was right above my head you know uh, yeah, right on uh, Beale Street there. So I mean, that was the coolest gig ever. We we had a couple other gigs while we were there uh, as well. But yeah, for the competition was at the Hard Rock Cafe. There. That was super cool. How did uh, tell me about that competition? I, I do remember this happening actually in town because it it certainly made news here in town when that happened. Um, so I do remember this. But sort of fill me in a little bit on you know once you got to Memphis, what the whole situation was like down there. Yeah, so it was really interesting because, you know, everybody's saying like, oh, you, you guys are so great, you could win and stuff. And the people from the Blue Society who were by, like our biggest fans by far, they were like, oh, no, 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 you, you don't go there to win that competition. Like, <laughs> like you no, you go for fun. Like, yes, we think you guys are the best, but it's just, you know, it, it, there's so many artists there and, and it'll be like this. Okay. The Angies go up and we play and we're like, Hey, you know, I think we did really good, you know? And the next band is a, like, got a, like a five piece orchestra on stage with them. And uh, they're like, Oh, you know, we're just back uh, from our 20th world tour. And here's our new <laughs> song. Right? Like, you can't, like you can't compete with them. Uh, but I mean, to be on stage after them or before them was enough for us. I mean, we just were, pumped um so that that was yeah it was really cool to see all the amazing artists but um we were the only band there that was all women um and so when we showed up there like people knew who we were like you know we we show up to register and they're all going oh it's the angies like we're going what like in the heck like how, like, how do you wow. guys even yeah, but they, they made this little publication, this little booklet, uh, all about the competition, you know, who's playing where, you know, if this is the band you're here to see, they'll be at this venue at this time, whatever. But And there'd be like a little write-up about the band, a little picture. So that's so people had looked at this publication and seen a picture of us, you know, and they're like, yeah. oh, it's all chicks, cool, right? So yeah, we, we were like, oh, we're celebrities here, right? <laughs> like, <laughs> what uh, stood out for you about Memphis, the city? Um... It was just so cool. Like, I've never been anywhere like that before. Uh, it was just like, um, it's just like something you see in a movie, you know? It, you go everywhere and, you know, do you want biscuits and gravy with that? And, you know, <laughs> like, it's just, yeah, like, we're eating grits. Like, we're like, oh, wow, we're so cultured now. We've eaten a grit. <laughs> yeah, I can say y'all. I've eaten. <laughs> yeah, the, the whitest. Yeah. Um, but it's just so cool. Like, it was just, it, it's just so different there. And, yeah, just, we got to go to um, New Orleans as well. Um, we kind of made a little stop off and that is the coolest place in the world. Like, oh my gosh, like even Las Vegas is a party city, like oh, not even close to New Orleans. That was just a wild ride. <laughs> was it during Mardi Gras or uh, off season? No, no it, but it was, I guess it was like getting close to that time. So when we yeah. were like hanging out in the French Quarter, like be like, oh, look, there's a bead. Someone threw a bead. It's starting, right? <laughs> it's like someone on a balcony throwing a bead in that necklace. They're like, oh my God, it's Mardi Gras. <laughs> so it's, uh, it was starting to ramp up a little bit. Yeah. 
Yeah, people were getting ready. Yeah. <laughs> what did you do in uh, in New Orleans? Uh, so we actually we went to the French Quarter every single night. We would just get uh, like a taxi or or you ride or whatever it was to drop us off pretty much in the same spot, and we would just walk. There was a whole bunch of us that went. My family and. Uh, we would just walk. One of them had a Fitbit on and looked back the next day, and we had walked like I don't know, like five miles or seven miles or something like wow. that. Wow! So just yeah, like you can just walk, and that's what we did. And it was different every night. There's performers all in the streets. Um, you can drink like you can just walk around drinking a glass of wine. Yeah. <laughs> and there's walk-up windows, so it's like, oh, I'm I'm done that drink. Oh yes, hello, garçon. I will have you know. And there's just somebody there in a window selling you like <laughs> like a beer or whatever. Awesome. So it can it, it can turn into a party pretty quickly. Yeah, like you just walk around partying. It's crazy. You're like, let's go into this weird bar and just like have a drink here. And yeah, we went on um we went on like a like a haunted tour. And um I mean I'm the biggest skeptic in the world. Like you, you know, you're not gonna tell me about a ghost or anything. But you know what? It was so cool because really what they were talking about was actual real stuff that happened because people believe this stuff right so they would say oh in this building you know like the 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 people here believed that vampires lived up there and so here's all the stuff they did to try and keep themselves safe from the vampires and those stories were creepy you know the stuff they were doing yeah so it was it was really cool because you didn't have to believe in in any hocus pocus stuff to like really get kind of freaked out and and uh, really enjoy the history of it so that was cool right the history part of it would have been real um the supernatural stuff maybe not but (laughs) yeah exactly but the people believed it so they were just out of control yeah so what's on your music playlist these days uh you know what's funny i i listen to a lot of podcasts (laughs) when i'm listening to music it's normally because i'm learning it for something yep you know what I mean? So it's kind of like when I'm at work, I have my headphones on, and it's like, oh, what are you listening to? Well, I'm listening to a podcast. I'm not going to work while I work. <laughs> I learn music. And, um, but so, well, right now, it's actually Pink Floyd, because um, I'm going to be doing a little show at the Da Vinci for the Boreal Music Society, um, and there's a Pink Floyd uh, tribute band that's playing, and so I'm going to go and do some backups for them. And uh, I'll sing Great Gig in the Sky. I did that with the orchestra before. Do you know, are you familiar with that song, Great Gig in the Sky? Yep, yep. Yeah, where she just wails and wails. Um, So I'm going to do that with them. So right now I'm listening to those guys. It's actually the Roosters that are going to be doing Pink Floyd. So, um, yeah, so that's my playlist right now is is Pink Floyd learning all those songs and do backups for those guys. Pink Floyd in terms of music, uh, but you say you listen to a lot of podcasts as well. What's grabbing your attention in that field these days? Um, I, well, so I listen to a lot of true crime stuff, like, you know, Morbid and uh, True Crime Garage. Um, but I listen to this one called Extraordinary Stories Podcast. And it's this guy with a really thick Scottish accent. And he just tells stories, just incredible stories. You know, it might be like some celebrity's life story or, um, you know, an incredible survival tale i love a survival tale i listen to podcasts that are all just survival tales um yeah so that's my jam right now is extraordinary stories podcast it's fantastic and the guy is so funny oh my gosh he's funny yeah so that's that's my jam right now pick up a few tips along the way too yeah (laughs) yeah um so i've read that you are also very passionate into acting and stage and theater you mentioned musical theater as well Mm. 
tell me a bit about maybe your your acting. Yeah, same, same as uh, kind of with music. I've just been into theater since I was really little, um, and I would you know. I'd be like in grade one or two and I'd be getting like the lead roles in the, in the plays. Right. So it'd be like, you know, the grade sixes and me. Yeah. Know, so wow. Really, yeah. Cause I was really, uh, just really passionate about it. And, um, like even in high school, you know, I, I didn't get, I didn't really care about, you know, science and math and stuff like that. So I'd get like medium or medium to crappy grades, but I would get 100% in drama every single year. Like yeah. 100%. Um, so yeah, you could tell that that was kind of like my passion, right? But, uh, but yeah, musical theater is obviously where it's at for me because I get to do both. Um, but, uh, but I do some straight plays as well. Just, just acting, like really throwing yourself into a serious role, um, yeah, I really, I really, I, I, I'm as passionate about acting as I am about music. There's just sort of less opportunities to just kind of do it all the time, right? Right. Yeah, yeah. there's easier to get on a, a musical stage than a theatrical oh, one, time. perhaps. Oh, big time, yeah. And there's so much, there's so much work that goes into, you know, just with a play, right? Like just tons of rehearsals and memorizing and all that stuff. So it's, it's more labor intensive, really, as well. Away from the stage, whether it be music or theater, um, and away from work, um, what, what do you enjoy, you know, spending your time with? Uh, so I have a son, he's nine, his name is Gray. Uh, so... I don't know. We, we like to do a lot of stuff together. Like we play board games and we play little video games together and stuff. My, my husband likes to play video games too. So we'll all put on our headsets and we'll go play some little game together. Sometimes my son's friends will join us. and So it'll be on the headset, all these little kids. Oh, <laughs> that's so cool. Yeah. So we're like, come on guys, let's go fight this like alligator or whatever. And all the little kids will come running. <laughs> we play these games together. It's, it's really fun. So yeah, I, I'm kind of a homebody. I just, uh, yeah, we just like to chill at home and hang out with the family. Really? I'm not out there skiing or, or anything like that. <laughs> Well, somebody who grew up in the golden age of video games, the golden age of Nintendo, I can completely yeah. empathize with that. <laughs> yeah, man. Like, I, I'm not going on a hike, okay? Like, let's play a video game. Yeah. Um, this may fall into the sort of the same type of question, but what's your perfect start to a Saturday or a Sunday morning? Um, I, I love to be in bed. It is my favorite place in the world. So if I don't have to even, like, get up and move to the couch, <laughs> I'm happy. <laughs> if I can just wake up and just kind of lay there, you know, watch Netflix or be on my phone or whatever, my husband loves to get up in the morning and make breakfast. So I'm not going to lie to you. I eat breakfast in bed, like, almost every weekend. <laughs> Good <laughs> for I you. I know. <laughs> I just sit there and my husband brings me food, like, a, like of some kind of a, I don't know. <laughs> it's just, and I love it. I just love it. And then my son will come and hop into bed and, we just lay around. That That is my perfect Saturday. Literally just laying around with my family. I love it. That is wonderful. And yeah. that is, I mean, talk about just having a happy home life, right? And that's oh, yeah. so important. Yeah. COVID was not uh, not rough for us. Yeah. We, we were A-OK hanging out together at home. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so for our April issue, this is what we're producing um, this segment for, our April issue of The Walleye. Our cover theme for the magazine is about waste reduction, actually. So April are usually our green issues, so we pick kind of an environmental-style topic. Um, oh. So it's going to be waste reduction for this one. Any particular steps over the years that, that you've taken or your family's taken to sort of reduce household waste or anything like that? 
Jeez, that is a really interesting question. I, I think it's, I mean, it's just something you kind of do subconsciously, right? Like, I, I, so yeah. it's hard to say. Um, just off the top of my head, I mean, we recycle. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> we try to, um, you know, we remind our son to turn the tap off and leave the water running. Don't waste the water. And um, yeah, I don't know. I see. Like when I grew up, that was a really big thing, right? Reduce, reuse, recycle. Yes. That was just like part of uh, like the curriculum in school. So yeah. So you know what I mean? Like I don't think that I have to really think about being not wasteful it's, it's just kind of naturally like that sort of sounds like we came up around the same time um yeah. but because i remember that as well very much and that was so ingrained into yeah. uh like you say even the education curriculum you know i remember my mom you know the famous expression you know we're not heating the outdoors uh, <laughs> so, you yeah, know close yeah, the door yeah. <laughs> i'm sure that there's plenty that i do that i don't even realize i'm doing it right like if you know if you listed a number of things that that are that help with that i'd probably go yeah i do that yeah i do that. yeah <laughs> like but to think of it it's like it's hard to think yeah what are you binge watching right now i always have a number of shows on the go because when when i have to wait for an episode it really frustrates me so quickly, <laughs> but i have my other show and maybe that's um so i've been watching um the last of us which i've been enjoying and uh i found this other show called your honor with Brian Cranston. Oh, wow. Fantastic. Yeah. And you know what? It was one of those things where it's like, I didn't hear about it. I didn't read about it. I was just like, I don't know. Let's try mm, this one. And I just choose a show and I'll just watch it. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So it was one of those. It was just like a random pick and it's so good. So I've been binging that. Yeah. Very cool. Do you have a particular treasured possession or something that you have that has a lot of meaning to you? Oh my gosh, what an interesting question. Take your time. Um, I, you know what, it's funny, I, so when I did the first orchestra show, I had nothing to wear, I don't have a lot of money, I was like, I'm going to go to Value Village and find some sort of gown or something. Um, I used to model for Irma's bridal here and there. Okay, and yeah. Irma, she she recently passed away, but Irma, she was just the sweetest thing on earth. She did my wedding gown and all my bridesmaids and everything, and uh, yeah, she was just just a wonderful person. And so her daughter now runs Irma's bridal, and she, I sung at Irma's funeral service. It was during COVID, so it was very limited amount of people. So I sung the Ave Maria, oh. and uh, in return, Irma's daughter. Sorry. It's, Irma's daughter gave me a gown to wear for my show. Uh-oh, she let wow. me come to the shop and choose a gown, any gown that I wanted, and she gave it to me. And, uh, yeah, so I got to wear this beautiful green gown. It looked like a fairy princess gown. It was amazing. And I got to wear that for my first orchestra show, and that that is definitely a very treasured possession is that gown. I hang it in my closet. Yeah. <laughs> what a wonderful story. <laughs> yeah, it always makes me choke up. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, I mean, there's the sentimentality there, and you got to you got to show it off too. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I was very proud of that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Nancy, thank you so much for this. Uh, this has been this has been a lot of fun. Thank you. My pleasure. Thank you so much. 
And that is The Walleye's Eye to Eye for April 2023 with singer and performer extraordinaire Nancy Freeborn. To stay up to date with the latest with Freeborn's project, Morning Light, you can check them out on Facebook at facebook.com slash morninglight. And to stay up to date with us here at The Walleye, check out thewalleye.ca and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Our Eye to Eye audio interviews can be found at anchor.fm slash the walleye or on many podcasting platforms, including Spotify. For the walleye, I'm Matt Prokopchuk. Have a great day. <laughs>